Episode 12 of the Coys R Us podcast. We are back. The Spurs are back. And we're back to winning ways. Week one went off exactly exactly how we wanted to, pretty much. Um, can't ask for a better result than that, can you, Ben? This is pretty much exactly what we wanted, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. Uh, other than the kind of somewhat fluky, somewhat skillful goal from, uh, you know, Prowse there. Can't. Ward Prowler, you can't fault them for that um, too much. Uh, it was, I guess, Emerson was the only the only player at fault there. But uh, besides that, it looked great. It was another one of those ones where we just obviously clicked into another gear, especially in the second half. They couldn't get close to us. Uh, defense looked good, looked sound. Um, <clears throat> Decky looked like he picked up right where he left off with last season, which was one of the things I would say I was probably most pleased to see. Just because that's that's the one guy. It's both, you know. He's still finding out the league. This the league's still finding him out. Um, hopefully, he can keep moving forward. Because I feel like that's a huge key to our success is is that um, multifaceted attack. But yeah, uh, Hoyberg looks good. Uh, Sess, I would give, a, give another shout out to him. Is another uh, he had a couple good chances. He just looked aggressive. He looked confident. Uh, we will get into Sessignon in a moment, but. Yeah. Uh, I also just noticed that I'm doing a terrible job as a host because Called I didn't. <laughs> I didn't introduce anyone else on the podcast. This is Joel talking, of course. We've got Ben, we've got Jesse, we've got Kim. And, of course, we're discussing our week one win against Southampton. Spurs four, Southampton one. In case, for some odd reason, you missed the game, that was the score. And straight away, I'm glad, Ben, that you brought up Emerson because that was the biggest concern for me when I looked at the starting lineup. Um, We knew that... um, Doherty was was coming over a knock, I believe, and uh, so was Perisic, who's still working his way back to help. So on our wings, we had Sessignon and and we had um, Emerson Royale Emerson. on on the right. And was there concern there that that was going to be a problem for us um, when you when you looked at the lineup? Was anything that jumped out to you, Jesse, or or were you still confident? Yeah, I, I was still confident. I'd lost track a little bit of the of the last minute uh, knocks or or fitness recoveries and all that. And I, I remember like uh, I was driving to the to the bar here in Columbus um, with my uh, my daughter in the back seat and a friend of mine, Logan, in the front. And he was like, "Oh, Richardson not on the bench." And I was like, "Oh my god, what?" And I was like, "Oh right, he's suspended for one of the dopest pictures of all times um, with the blue flare at Everton." Um, but worth no, it. I think yeah, absolutely worth it. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, uh, I, uh, a little bit, you know, surprised, I think I thought for sure Parasic was going to get the start, but I feel like, uh, I kind of want God mode on the predictions with being like, yes, yeah, S Young's going to have a great season. And he has a goal, has a very nice finish on the very offside, really uh, not as bad of offside as it seemed on at first, but, um, had, had the nice finish in the offside goal. So. Um, was excited to see him, and then uh, Parasic almost got one. Again, we we argued a little bit in the chat. I've seen that get called a handball. I don't think it should. Uh, it should have been, but I've seen that get called a handball on the, on the Parasic hit that um, ended up uh, going wide for, uh, for a goal kick. But, yeah, absolutely terrific way to, to start the season. Um, you know, a little nervy there at the beginning, but I think one of you in the chat said, like, you're, you were 100% confident we are going to win after giving up that goal, and it just feels a lot different. It just felt so good. I know we've been in the Conte era for nearly a year now, I guess, you know, eight months, but it just felt so good to see us still on the front foot after going up a goal and not being like, well, we've got a lead now. Let's just hang out and soak up pressure for 70 minutes. You know, like, like the, the Mourinho era wasn't long, but it did some damage to my heart. 
Yeah, it did feel like a continuation of last season. It was like we just had the Norwich match last week. With the lineup, too. Yeah, it, it was the exact it was, same uh, lineup. Yeah, it was, it was surprising, but it was also kind of nice to see that they there was that much continuity and that you can see that Conte, um, the, the players, gained some trust from him last the season. Continuity? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I said. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was definitely good um, just to see, like I said, a philosophical continuity of a uh, player um, resource continuity. Um, and then just then to see the attacking options we did have coming off with that was that quad sub I like that one, too, by the way. That's nice. Um, that was that was Kim, by the way, who mentioned not being nervous after the first goal. And I remember watching uh, the match. Um, with DC Spurs, as I always do. Shout out to DC Spurs. And I was talking to my friend Danielle at the game, and I said, when they scored the goal, I was like, you know, we just have to make sure that they don't score again because we're going to score at least twice. I was confident about that. So as long as they didn't score a second goal, I still felt like the game was in hand. Um, Kim, watching the match, was there anything about that game particularly that, that stood out to you or any takeaways that you can take from this first game? Understanding that Southampton is not the strongest side. Um, they don't have Ings anymore. Uh, they don't have Armando Broja anymore. They're going to struggle for goals this season. Um, but with that all said, what did you take away from this match? Yeah, so for me, what I took away was just that um, we're a confident team. And you can kind of see with how we attack. is like as soon as we get the ball, guys are picking their head up they're either running with it themselves. Like Emerson had a few runs that I was just like, and he started off kind of slow. Um, you know, he was at fault for the goal and maybe a couple of his crosses didn't come off, but I felt like he grew into the match that by the end, you know, he got that assess for Kulisevsky. Um, if we have guys attacking post as they should, and I think this is something we'll get better at throughout the year is like, as soon as there was a, and Seth mentioned this in, in his um, post-game interview. It's like he missed the first ball that Bentecourt put in. It was like a first-time yep. ball. He got it. It was first time, put it in. He missed attacking the post. I said that in the bar, and then, like, five minutes later, so he actually did it and scored. And I felt like there were moments where um, Romero was up there, and I think Kulisevsky had one that Romero could have probably hit in. Um the 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 at the, the goal that ended up being an own goal um Hoiberg was the one that got that going and then um Romero I think passed uh, not Romero um Real passed it to Sun and then it came back to him and if someone else was making that run from midfield it's probably it, it might not have ended up as an old goal it might have actually ended up as a goal so I just think we're finding ourselves especially against a team that gives us time and space the ability to create in ways that we didn't last year. And like, I just think now we just need more guys attacking the box. And I think if we do that from different positions, like we got our wingbacks got, got into it. If we can get a guy from midfield making those runs, I think like we're so much more deadly. And I think that's what Conte actually wants. And I think we'll get there at some point, but I think guys are just getting used to the fact that, Oh, like, if we have time and space, we're a lot more creative than we were, say, even like six months ago that I just think there's a lot more to the team. Um, and obviously, Kulusevsky is a big part of that because um, just the stuff that he did in that match was just amazing. I'm 
I'm currently at the moment trying to put in a, a bet overseas for him to to actually uh, win Playmaker of the Year award because just based on that match, I'm just like, I do feel like he might be able to do it. I mean, time and space, time and space, right? Like if everybody had time and space, that'd be great. But like, that's, I think the thing is like, we're going to be able to create that. It's not as easy to, to create when you just had every attacks having to go through Kane and Son. But, you know, Decky's uh, advancement, the wingbacks being able to, to be more deadly, not only with crosses, um, with finishes and even bicycles. I mean, not that it was even on target, <laughs> but you love to see it. So like <laughs> when the attack can come often. from worse places, you are, you're forcing time and space, like where you, we didn't have that, that luxury before or couldn't do it. So, um, and it's tough, like it's the toughest league in the world to get that time and space, but you're able to do that more when you have more people that can, can play on the ball or be more dangerous. Like you've got to, you can't let Kulis Eskin get in too much space. You can't get, um, you know, you can't get Sess giving that much space. And so, you know, while, while they'll get less space, that space has to be sacrificed somewhere else. And that's giving Kane and Son, you know, and that kind of thing more, more time. But I mean, just feel bad for Southampton a little bit. Like they're like, Hey, look, we're going to not let Kane and Son beat us. And Sonny has one assist and Kane has barely anything productive. And you still lose four one. Like, I mean, that's a recipe for for a long year to, to be playing Tottenham if if you're gonna be able to shut down Kane and Son for the for the most part and um and get goals from elsewhere. I'm not expecting to get multiple goals from defensemen or defenders, you know, once every every game, but uh what an encouraging start. I mean, this is more encouraging for me than if it was Kane two, Sun one, you know, Kuliseski one and and all with the assists like we've seen them combined before. I mean, because that was what Norwich was, right? Like yeah, five uh, one. But all of the all of the the contributions were almost entirely from that front three. I think save a Bentancur assist. This was not that. This was more encouraging for me because it's coming from other places. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a more balanced attack. Um, it was <clears throat> there were a couple things that I noticed. I, somebody pointed this out on Twitter, but the shape of some of the crosses, kind of that earlier ball coming from uh, kind of the the I guess with the back of the final third, if you will, into the box. Somebody was mentioning that as kind of De Bruyne's uh, one of his his uh, kind of uh, key uh, attack styles, like the shape of his cross there, and that seemed to work really well. We saw that with the Cess cross, uh, well, not the cross, the Cess goal off of the Decky cross, and then a similar but smaller version of that was the Sun to Dyer thing, where Dyer kind of stooped in, but rather than getting all the way to the byline and crossing back or kind of crossing straight flat across the box, you have a little bit of that swerve that's kind of an in-swinging one towards the keeper. And that just seems to baffle defenders, you know, because they're, they're, they're running backwards trying to track the ball as it's got that kind of awkward flight to it. And then it seemed like Hoybier, uh actually had a couple nice decisive passes from midfield too, kind of like a little bit of a deep-line playmaker. That one to Sun really should – I think that was Sun, right? Earlier on, that should have been a goal. Uh, there's another one that I can't remember who the recipient was, but <clears throat> Hoybier looked more adventurous of the two. Ben Coyle looked very solid. They, they seem like a, a decent partnership, although, uh, like you said, there were not really many runs in the box coming from those two, at least not against uh, Southampton here. But, yeah, again, it was very encouraging. Like I said, the combination of continuity and, um, like as Jesse was was saying, basically, is, is seeing that we're not just going to be relying on Kane and Son and that we can have both progression and scoring and assisting from other parts of the, of the pitch. So I, I rewatched the game uh... – Yesterday, because I'm I'm such a prepared podcaster, you know, I wanted to make sure my takes were fresh. Um, a few things kind of stood out to me. Um, a few random random thoughts. 
Um, first of all, obviously, we want to make sure that we're, we're giving a huge shout out to Ryan Sessegnon, his first Premier League goal as a Spurs player. And then you get one from Eric Dyer, who hasn't scored in the Premier League for, I think it was three years. Um, so that, like Jesse was saying, is really nice to be able to see four goals on the score sheet with none from Kane and none from Son. Um, I think something that I didn't realize when I watched the game on Saturday was that Kane was actually getting himself in some really good positions to score the ball and guys just didn't find him. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. There was this one play where um, Sonny had, he was wide open on the back post and Sonny just over dribbled and tried to shoot it himself. And he ended up skying it over the, over the crossbar. And Kane just kind of looked at him like, dude, what are you doing? Like he was actually scream at him that one. I don't blame <laughs> Kane for that either. Um, there yeah, were that, that is um, and then there was also one where he he got the shot off, and then it was just a, it was a really good save by Southampton's keeper. Um, Real quick, thing, Joe, Joel, to your yeah, point there uh, is I'm just curious. I remember last year Conte was saying he wanted Kane to be a little bit more of a nine and maybe not drop back into that ten as much and let other people be the playmakers. I wonder if we're we're seeing that on the on the pitch there, or if that's just you know more of an an, an aberration for this one match. I guess, well, I guess time I will think, tell. But. I think I think it will depend on how on how other teams defend. Um, I mean, the game was a little bit wide open, so he had space to be able to, you know, drop down, play the pass, and then make the run, um, which we saw a lot of. I mean, you bring up the midfield, and, and, and another thing that kind of stood out to me was the way that, you know, Hoybier and Bentinker both had really good games. In fact, I don't think really any of the starting 11 had a bad game, which is really nice <laughs> to be able to say. Um, but like they, the way that we attack through the wings allows them to kind of just be bridge players, right? So they're there to collect the ball from the defense. They're there to restart the, the offense when we need to like recycle the ball and they can kind of play the ball from left to right as we attack on the wings. And so I understand the concern, like when we play teams that are going to throw a low block at us, being able to have that 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 attacking midfielder is going to be nice just for the purpose of being able to play in more than one style. Um, but I think having two traditionally holding midfielders isn't as much of a negative as it may seem because of what they're being asked to do in the system. Um, and, and, and I will also say I thought Emerson played pretty well. Obviously, He's not amazing, right, in terms of being an attacking player. But he's a really strong defender. I thought that some of the, the crosses that he sent in were better than what we were seeing last year at the very least. So I think, like, he's become a little bit more comfortable in the role. Um, as we talk about uh, continuity, um, just being able to play in that system for a while. And I was also, for some reason, I, I, I had a random thought of, of Serge Aurier and uh, playing on that right side. And I was just thinking about, like, when Serge played for us, he had certain deficiencies that would drive you crazy, and, and, and Emerson has his own deficiencies. But I would much rather take his than Serge's. Yeah, those, <laughs> those thinking, penalties. Those penalties. Yeah, I was going to say, penalties versus like, miscrosses. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron on the side of, of, like, shoving people when they had their back towards the ball in the box, running away from net and those kind of things. Uh, whereas, like, you know, Emerson stuff is like trying freaking bikes when we're up 4-1, getting in and trying to, to overlap Harry inside the six-yard box against Norwich 
when we're up four one, like they're funny. It's kind of like him just like, Oh, I'm going to get mine. It's late now. We're up big. Like, so obviously he does make those, you know, some silly mistakes when it's, when it's, when it's a closer game, but I mean, he makes things fun. Like it's, you know, when, when, you know, that, not that I'm going to turn the game off if we're up big, but it's like, you keep watching to see like, Oh boy, what's, what's Emerson about to, to try here. When against one of the bigger teams, sorry, I was good. I guess one of the bigger teams, especially, I mean, he's a good defender. So when we're, when we're back playing a, a lower block against city or Liverpool, I feel like that's where Emerson will come into play because he can get up and down still and, and be there for counterattacks, even though his end product's not, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired, but he can definitely defend as I think Joel, you were saying. Yeah. I mean, his best game of the season last year was probably against Liverpool. And that's a game where we spent majority of the game without the ball. If you're asking him to defend, that's really what he is, right? Like he's, he's, he's a, he's a center back um, who's being converted. So I think when he has to defend, he does a really good job. He's not, going to make as many of the boneheaded Serge Aurier mistakes. Um, and I think we're seeing him develop. He's not going to be the long-term right wing back, um, but he can hold his own in the odd game. And we're going to need him because I think the key to this season is going to be in our depth, um, being able to play different guys, being able to have somebody like Parasich coming off the bench and, you know, having guys like Lucas Moore who can come in and just like run around and tire guys out after they've, after they've already been on the pitch for 75 minutes. So um, there's value there, even though he probably isn't going to be the starter long-term. Yeah. And one thing I just wanted to note that I thought was cool. Cause like Eric Dyer's goal came from like us recycling possession after a corner. And I felt like in the past we'd like have a corner and we'd be like, you can, get that ball back in there and we can do, try this again, but guys will just give up, run back. And I felt like there was like two or three times where I saw, and this might be working with the set piece coach where it's just like, okay, if you get the ball, recycle it to this person, try to get it back to the wings and start over. Um, Cause with that, it was like a corner came in. Um, it ended up, I think going over Sonny got it and then put it back in. So it was just like, we kept the guys who might be able to score up, so you saw just Dyer, Davies, um, Romero all in one line. And I'm like, these are not our strikers. These are our center backs. But we've kept them up there long enough that they can do something. So I hope we see like just more of that where we become the team where we actually do keep a little more possession by doing some of that stuff. Yeah, there was a, a screenshot, I think, on a Dyer goal that it was the front three players inside the six or right on the edge of the six was, was Dyer, Romero, and Davies. And it was just like, the real front three in Tottenham. <laughs> it was like just, like, and they had nine guys in the box. I think nine outfield players in the box in that play. And I mean, that's a that's a terrific header by Dyer. So good. It was it was Kane esque. I'm like, so, that's definitely a striker's finish. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. It was a nice way to get on the score sheet and a great way to open the season. And uh, seeing some of the videos uh, over the weekend of that stadium, I'm oh my god. I mean. That South Stand is just absolutely insane. Oh, my. I can't wait. I will be in that South Stand in a, in a month or so. For Fulham, right? Fulham, yeah. Fulham at home. So, it's a new season. Um, and, and we haven't done this in a while because we've, we've been on a break. But we have to revisit our, our, our triangle here, our Tottenham triangle, to determine how we're feeling about the team uh, currently. And, of course, the three sides of the triangle are getting your hopes up, 
getting disappointed, and then finally starting to believe again. So let's let's just do this round robin style. Where are we on the triangle as of right now after game one? At the top. I mean, the hopes are high. I I I asked a friend of mine who was in a, a legal betting state to put down twenty on uh, on Spurs plus fourteen hundred to win the league a few weeks ago for me, and he was like, "Oh, I'll just keep that. I'll just take that in house." And he's a Spurs fan. He's like, "I'll just take that." So I. Busted his balls. I sent a text and I was like, "Hey, the line's already down to to, to plus a thousand. Do you want to take a buyout? Like, I'll um, I'll, I'll I'm start listening to buyout offers because I'm feeling really good. Uh, I think like I, I don't know. I, my prediction also, I was like, "Oh, Seth is going to be great. He's going to be like Perisic is going to be teaching him." And then after the game, Seth is like, "Yeah, Perisic told me to go hump by the back post and I'll get a goal." So I'm feeling like my prediction go of of winning a trophy is going to be uh, going to be happening as well. All optimism, uh, all gas, no breaks, as the as the youth say. Um, but yeah, feeling terrific. Can thrilled that we've got a test against Chelsea. Um, uh, dangerous test because, oh boy, if we get a, a positive result uh, in what in, in West London or East London or wherever they are, um, I'm going to be through the roof on uh, on Sunday, potentially watching it uh, with the Boston Spurs on a weekend trip. But um, and if we get a draw, I'll be I'll be level at the same level I'm at. If we get a loss. I'm probably. It doesn't matter what happens this week, and I'm still going to be gassed up. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm at the top too, and I think it'll take a little while for me to to come down, and I, hopefully that doesn't happen anytime soon at all. Uh, Chelsea's in West London, by the way, Jesse. But uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm definitely at the top because, uh, like I said, it's just been going up and up slowly since uh, what last February, March. It's it, uh, until something major happens. Knock on wood here. Uh, I. Don't foresee myself uh, being anywhere except for the top for that for at least the, the the next two or three months. To be honest, yeah, and I am up at the top of the triangle as well. Um, pretty optimistic uh, based on what I saw. Like I said, Saints are not a great team, so would like to see just how we do against a team that plays a little differently. Um, comes at us with an actual striker because they did not play a striker up top. They played like a midfielder. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we cope with that, but I just think the team's confident. And so I'm confident in them too. Yeah. I think you definitely got to be all the way at the top of the triangle, um, starting to believe really, really starting to believe, I think, um, that something special might happen this year. I mean, you you don't want to jinx it obviously as a Spurs fan, but, um, right now, I mean, I think we'll talk about, Chelsea in a moment but I think going into this match I'm more confident than I was at any point before any of our Chelsea matches last season Um, I think right now we are a better side than they are Um, I mean I just talked about Southampton struggling for goals I think Chelsea's having similar issues Um, Tuchel seems very frustrated and I just read a rumor earlier today that they're trying to go for Aubameyang, which is just <laughs> completely something that I didn't see coming. Um, Tuchel is the strength of Chelsea for me. Um, they don't, they've lost a lot this, this, this past summer. Um, and so I don't know, well, well, we'll get into the Chelsea recap in a moment, but I think for right now, I would just say based on the way that we ended last season, the way that we started this season, the fact that we have depth at almost every position, um, there's really nowhere else to be other than um, having your hopes up and starting to believe again. 
And so I think, um, you know, whatever happens on Sunday, anything short of us, you know, losing six <laughs> nil, like I think we're still going to be fairly confident um, that we can kick on this season. So with that said, let's let's actually go straight to the Chelsea match. Um, I believe they won their first game by a narrow margin of of one nil against Everton. And that was not a, that was not a pretty game. Everton. Right. Thank you, Ben. Um, and Everton is is presumably one of the worst teams in the Premier League right now uh, was not a pretty game, as Ben just said. Um, nothing about that seemed super convincing to me um, watching a lot of the matches and highlights from this weekend. Um, I think we came out and, and probably put the best foot forward of all the teams in the league. Um, so there is reason to walk into this match with a little bit of confidence, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, Chelsea's been a bit of a, of a mess the last 15, 10, 15 games. Um, I'd say, and I think, uh, you know, obviously we've been riding the ship and, 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 uh, and turning the ship, uh, uh, speed knocked up to 11, the last uh, 15 games. So it is at Chelsea, bad things have happened there. Bad things have happened against Chelsea a lot in the last couple of years, but, um, you know, it, it, it does feel like, um, you know, shoot up the season had gone 40 games last year, 42 games. I think we would have finished third. So. Um, there has been a whole summer. There has been comings and goings and those kind of things. But, um, yeah, I think I, I feel good about at least getting getting a result there. Um, again, I think this, this, this team is just so significantly better in, in, in every dimension, um, every position in the field, uh, formation, strategy, mentality, et cetera, than, uh, than it was the last time we played Chelsea. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, <clears throat> it really, uh, there was that, was it last January? We played them three times in one month or something and just didn't really look close to beating them any of those. Since then... We didn't uh, score a goal, by the way. Any of those... Well, yeah, it haven't in a long time. <laughs> that was that was kind of the, the low point with Conte, right? We, had, we took that little leap up and then in January and February started to kind of peter out a little bit, but that's when the system, it was, it was basically the... Uh, the, the new coach bump that you get had worn off that honeymoon period had worn off. And then it took a little while for his system to you know, the players to get acclimated to it. And then it looked like right after that is where it started, really started to hum for, for Spurs and uh, Chelsea, not so much. They had obviously all the, the issues with their previous owner being sanctioned and then thinking they were going to get blacklisted from, uh, you know, any, <clears throat> any off season moves. Uh, it sounds like they've got a little bit of stability, but that dude likes to spend a lot of money, apparently, bully, right? Like he's how much do they pay for Cucurella? Like they paid like 50 million or something. Like even Man City wouldn't go up that high. I mean, then I don't know. We'll see. Man City also likes the low ball their their offers too. We saw what they, they did sure with Kane do. last year. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised that Chelsea came in ready to spend that much money. We'll see if that continues. I was thinking they might turn into a regular club again. We'll see in the future what happens. Um, but like you said, they, they lost some important parts, but they still have so many cause Chelsea just had so many, you know, they had the, the loan army out there for one thing. Um, they have just a seemingly bottomless bucket of funds, no matter who their owner is. Um, but anyway, to, to the actual specific question, it just has been a reverse trajectory of the, of the two teams for the last, 
I don't know, at least six months, you know, yeah, the Chelsea sure. has been on a, a slow, at least downward trend and Spurs have been on a nice steady upward trend. Um, I feel as good about this game as I probably have in a while. And as, as, as good as you could at second game of the season, you know, where neither team has been found out. We don't really know what to expect too much, except that Spurs look really good. And Chelsea are Chelsea and they always are pretty good. Um, Stanford you know, Bridge I think is, it being the second game of the season works in our advantage. Probably though. good. I, I think so too, especially like we saw like what happened last year when we played city right at the beginning of the year. And like, they right. were a little rusty, like, we were when then we weren't the that having, good, but we, when we just, figured out how to beat them. And to the point again of us having more continuity, they've had more upheaval over the last few months uh, at the end of the season into the off season than we have. Our our starting eleven was almost identical to last season. Now this time they just had an entire preseason under Conte. They've added a bunch of, of players, some of whom have played under Conte, some of who whom have had a, an entire off season. It seems like there's a lot of camaraderie and good vibes around the Spurs uh, clubhouse right now. Uh, locker room I it just yeah it, it seems like I can't remember any time at least in the past that I wouldn't say that it's a, a, a you know um, an obvious Spurs win but I can't think of feeling more optimistic at a, at a recent past time going to Chelsea than than right now is what I would say so feel good about it Kim what is it about Chelsea that should make us nervous is there anything what what is the biggest threat that they that they have uh, I would say their biggest threat is probably guys that are just coming back from injury, Reese James and Ben Chilwell. I'd probably say those two are the, probably what might give us the most trouble because their midfield is uh, right now. I feel like their attacking options are decent. Like Sterling's a good player, but is the midfield going to be able to get him the ball? Um, will he sky it over, you know? Will he sky something like that's that's Sterling. That's the Sterling I, I know as well. So I just feel oh, like, yeah, baby, Missing there's just I feel like there's just a lot of unknown with Chelsea right now. So it's like they could show up and play their best game and they could show a lot more continuity. But but based on what they did in preseason, losing to Arsenal, um, how Tuchel's talking so down, like like true, actually expect them to struggle. Quick question. Who uh, is uh, who's Chelsea's uh, front three? Like they're getting rid, rid of two of right? It's probably Lukaku. Sterling, Havertz, and whoever they want to bring up. <laughs> Mount, Mount, Mount. Yeah, that that probably Mount, is Mount, probably. Mount plays in their midfield, doesn't he? He's, but he, he sometimes plays on the right wing, like yeah, uh, or Pulisic. Pulisic, uh, maybe. But they're they're Warner's supposed to be going back to Leipzig. Uh, do they yeah, still have right Hudson now, Adoy? They still do have so. Hudson Adoy, and they still do have Loftus Cheek. So they have players, but yeah. it's not players. They don't that, have anyone like, that's players... going to scare you, though. It's players that have been injured, or like the guys who left. Like Rudiger is like one guy that I hated on Chelsea. Um, is Aspilicueta still there, or has he already transferred? He's to still Barcelona? there. Okay, I think he's staying there. Okay. I guess Barcelona can't register him, so he's not. Going there was somebody there. else that wanted to go to Barcelona. Now, now I'm mixing it up. Though the, the Barcelona thing, we could have a whole pod, even though none of us are experts <laughs> in Barcelona, just about the craziness going on yeah, over there. Seriously, yeah. So for me, it's just like, yeah, Koulibaly is good at the back, um, and they're probably playing him with Thiago Silva. But I don't know. I just feel like our attack is good. Like we like. I, and I, I that's the thing. It's like when you have wingbacks that are becoming a part of your offense, 
you're like kind of playing a front five. And then yeah. you have guys like Benson Kerr that can kind of just pull the strings wherever you need him to. So it isn't just like we're going to trot Kane and Son out there and hope that they break through, um, that, that they're able to like get behind the defense once or twice. And then we have to finish those chances. Like that's what and, we were doing for a long time, especially under Marine. And I'll, I'll say like, I definitely, I said this, that like, I wish we would have paid Chelsea in the beginning of May, as opposed to like in January, if we would have had them yeah. towards the end of the year, like if they ended up at the, towards the end of our schedule, we, to, in my case, we would have definitely beat them. And I just feel like we, we kind of stepped into the season. Like, we got the full Conte preseason. That's what we didn't have. Like Conte had to try to like instill his ideas while playing matches from week to week. He had a full preseason. There were like a couple of injuries, maybe a COVID here and there, but like most of the guys were able to like do all the fitness stuff. And I feel like we're just a very fit team as well. Um, and then I feel like they now know like where to go, what he wants them to do. So like the one thing I did notice against saints, like, yeah, we had time, but, a lot of the stuff that they were doing were like first time balls. They were just like first touches were moving the ball onto someone else. And that's like, it's always been like one of my things that I hated about Spurs is I feel like sometimes we were a little too ponderous on the ball and we would take two or three touches before we would decide to do something. And some of that did happen or some guys ran with the ball, but I felt like there were these, these triangles set up and there were just a lot of people just moving the ball on right away instead of trying to figure out where the ball's supposed to go. They already know where the ball's supposed to go. And I think that kind of stuff um, lends to us just being better attacking. So guys don't have to think they just do. And I feel like we're in the doing phase um, and it's just made us just a better attacking team. Like I felt like every time we went forward, we could have probably scored. And but, we did. Wait, but, said, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck's going to be. It is yeah. all about the space, right? So actually, I'm uh, curious because of what, what you were saying and just thinking about this in general is <clears throat> Conte is not necessarily a defensive coach. He's not the, the Mourinho always playing on the counter, but he's a fairly direct coach. Uh, like if we're playing most of the lower half table teams, we would probably, if not dominate possession, at least, you know, still take away a, 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 hard, a higher percentage of the possession. But I'm trying to remember last year against the other, say, top six teams, did we win the possession battle in any of those games? And and if I don't remember us winning the possession battle against either, definitely not City, Chelsea, or Liverpool. I'm trying to remember Arsenal and United. It was a little bit more even. But I'm just trying to think, like, yeah. how do we feel like the game will actually play out? Are we going to play on the counter? Or do you think we'll actually try to take the front foot against uh, Chelsea, even in, at their ground? I, I think we have to just go for it. I don't see why we wouldn't. And Chelsea's not a counter threat. Right? Like, it's not... Yeah, kind of similar to us, though, because Tuchel can be a little defensive, too. He's not exactly a super possession focused manager either yeah i don't know that's a weird one i mean i think we play our best football when we're able to kind of utilize the wingbacks that that in in that system that conte wants and so i think the way that Mourinho, for example liked to play lended itself to giving the ball away right like i remember him having some quote about like basically like having the ball all the time means that you're more likely to make the mistake. 
<laughs> so like that's his mentality it's such a cynical way to think about it yeah um so then it was kind of like you know we're gonna let them make the mistake and then take advantage of it and that's the way he coaches his football i don't see us doing that unless we're playing a team like city or liverpool where their attack is so dangerous that we have to play cautiously yeah i think that you don't really have to play cautiously against though, right? chelsea because they don't have a dangerous attack and so, like, in my opinion, I think the possession will be fairly even, but I don't think it's going to be um, like us sitting back and waiting for them or them doing it to us either. I think both teams will want to have possession. And so maybe it'll be a back and forth, a uh, bit of a barn burner, right? Just in terms of. <clears throat> a lot yeah, of running, but like not, you said, like, like you said, the way that Chelsea plays under Tuchel is pretty. Um, they play a stodgy defensive style, right? Like he's going to want to slow the game down because he's not going to want us running all the, all the way around his players. That's going to be a problem for them. So I think that's really going to be the, the chess match is like us trying to speed the game up and them trying to slow it down. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I feel like Rudiger was a big piece of that, um, uh, helping keep things a bit stodgy and boring and controlling the, you know, helping control the midfield there. I feel like, It'll be interesting to see how they do without him. I think, like, Kim has just mentioned, like, he was a guy that, you know, when Spurs were, like, momentarily linked with him, I was like, oh, yeah, I would love to see him there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I'm, again, Everton's not a threat. Everton lost to Minnesota United 3 or 4 um, in the preseason tour. Not the preseason tours mean everything, but, you know, don't get blown out by an MLS team. Um, that's step one. So, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting, but I, I – Chelsea's not been great for a while. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what we do on Saturday, Sunday, Saturday. It Sunday. is a it is the Sunday 11:30 Eastern time. NBC um, probably. It's the uh, it's the main match of the week. Uh, looking at this weekend's matchups, there there aren't too many that really look very appeasing other than ours. So they save the best for last. 11:30 um, Eastern, and I guess local time. That's like. 330. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be the big match of the week. And I I think it's it's now it's 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 judgment time, guys. We've gotta we've gotta do what we've been putting off for the past 20 minutes and we've gotta make our predictions. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the first bold oh, soul man. to predict the score of Tottenham away to Chelsea? I I I, uh, I have faith in Spurs. I I, I don't want to go too big. I'm just going to go with two one Spurs. I just think that there's a really good chance that we could uh, kind of dictate play whether whether or not we have the ball to be honest. And that I mean, seeing how Chelsea moved that around uh, uh, Everton, they they had to rely on a uh, a penalty kick to even get on the board. I could really see us um, just clicking, and and Chelsea doesn't seem like they've quite got going yet. As we already talked about earlier, I think it might be a good time of year to play them. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go confident, but not too crazy, and just go two one Spurs. Or sorry, one two Spurs since it's at Chelsea, right? I think uh, they usually have the home team's score first, so first. it would so it would one, be two. one two. I'll jump in next. Um, this is so anti me, but I'm. I'm feeling irrationally confident and I'm actually going to go Chelsea zero Spurs two. I think 
Kane scores both. He's going to be licking his chops. He's happy, right? He's happy when we win, but you can tell that it kind of bothers him when other guys score and he doesn't. Uh, so I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna come out in the game and really um, try to score. I think you know we'll probably see Kulisevsky get another assist. Um, I'm not gonna predict. I'm not gonna predict all the assists, but I do think. I was gonna say, how great are you gonna get with this thing? <laughs> Kane left foot off a decky, right footed assist, or what? I mean, hey, we can go there. You know, um, Bentecur. It's you know he he's also he's also known to to throw a nice little ball in, in into the box as well. No, but I think um, I think it'll be kind of uh the first twenty minutes will probably be a little bit stodgy, a little bit like uh, let's figure out where the gaps are. Um, but I think our biggest strength this season, uh, our second biggest strength, because I already named one earlier, which is our depth. But I think another one of our strengths is going to be our fitness. Um, we saw that against Southampton and, and house and huddle actually talked about that after the game of just like, you know, we were kind of in the match for the first 20 or 30 minutes and then they scored and they score again. And then by the time we get to the last 30, 20, 30 minutes, it's like, we're still we still have our engine and guys are starting to get tired, especially when they're chasing shadows all game. So I don't think Chelsea is going to perform anything similar to Southampton, but I do think when it comes down to those tight matches, um, especially where the possession isn't as dominant, um, that fitness is going to play a factor, especially with us having five subs. So I I don't think it's going to be done and dusted by halftime. But I can see us scoring two goals, and and I think um, Chelsea's offense is just too anemic. I don't think they're going to be able to to keep up with that. If we score twice, we'll probably win. Uh, I like want to go two nil, but it's at the bridge, so I'm gonna stick with what Ben did. I'm gonna go two one, and you know expect us to play well. Um, but I do think they get one just somehow like a Tiago Silva header on a set piece or something like that. I can see one of those kind of things happening. I'm going to just dial it back. I'm, I'm still super. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be the most uh, cautious one here. I think I'm just going to go one, one. I just, they, I, I like, we got to, we got to take whoa, a, what we got to get on? a result. Like I know. And and I think if probably if I would have went first, my, my initial thought was, is, two, this, one. is this freaky Friday? Did me and Jesse <laughs> just switch bodies? My initial thought was definitely two, one. And then I was just like, I don't know. I feel like it'll be a like one of those, wow, we, we should have won that game 3-1 um, kind of a thing. Like, I don't know if it's hitting stuff off the post or a, a narrow offside or getting jammed by VAR or something, but, uh, you know, not not an even 1-1, one, one, but I feel like we'll be the better team, but I just still feel like we got to shake this, and maybe the best way to shake it is a 3-0 thrashing, uh, but I'm just going to go with uh, with a 1-1 one, one right now. I think they, uh, I think they get up, um, they get an early lead. And then we get it back, and I think we're on the front foot for most of the game, but just can't can't find the uh, the winner again. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but uh, we've we've been dominated, but in the in the Tuchel era, um, and I know that's it's not been in the full in in the Conte era. But I'm going to say one one, and, and and very very hope to be wrong. I will say um, that defensive battle is probably going to be um, what decides the game. I mean. Mendy, their goalkeeper, 
may very well be their best player. Um, and I think Koulibaly and Thiago Silva are also two very good center backs. And so I think us being able to kind of get them moving backwards um, and kind of breaking the goal that way is probably going to be to our strength. Um, if the game slows down too much, then we may find some difficulty breaking through. But I have a lot of faith in in Dyer and Romero on our side, and, and, and Hugo is also a world-class goalie. So I do think it is going to be a little bit of a defensive game and then kind of just figuring out ways to break through there. Um, but like I said, I think we scored two, guys. I think we scored two, and I'm going in confident. Maybe this is going to come back to bite me because um, I usually don't do this, but – if anything, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna blame Jesse for being pessimistic, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, I also think uh, that I mean this is true of pretty much any game, but like we were talking about the possession part earlier, um, you know, the complexion will probably be decided a lot on who scores first and how early. If Chelsea were to 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 put one up early in the game, I could see this becoming a real slog where they just clog everything up. Um, if we score early, I don't think we're going to do that. I don't, for one, I don't think that's as much in Conte's DNA. And then that's just where he wants to go for the jugular, right? He always talks about going for the blood. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, that if we could just keep Chelsea off the board early and hopefully be the first one to score, I really could see this one going our way in a, in a pretty, you know, pretty good measure. All right. Well, Chelsea away upcoming. We've got a whole week to be nervous about it. Um, before we wrap up, we wanted to make sure that we shout out you guys, our listeners. We're going to try to do these more often. We've been pretty inconsistent with it, but I believe Kim has a shout out for this week. I do. One of my Twitter friends, uh, the real Shuban on Twitter. Um, he's a really, really cool kid, cat. Um, I actually plan to meet up with him when I'm out in the UK. Huge but fan of the pod. He's a huge fan of the pod. He posts about it all the time. Like he's always tagging us and stuff. He interacts with us on Twitter. So I just want to shout him out. Um, he also has his own pod that he contributes to the Tottenham Depot. I listen to that one. Pretty cool pod as well. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good to interact with people who are over in the UK. And he's someone who like really um, promotes our stuff. So, you know, maybe we have more listeners over there than we think we do. Um, so thanks, Shoops. Shout out to Shubes, and hopefully you guys get an opportunity to link up when you go out there for the Fulham match. Um, and with that, we're going to wrap up here with episode 12. We will be back after the amazing Spurs win against Chelsea next week. Come on, you Spurs. Come on. Let me be wrong in the prediction. Yeah, take that, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs>